Hello and welcome to the Keen On Things podcast, the best 30 minutes of sleep and show business. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, brought to you today by Script Pipeline, but also, more importantly this week, Circus of Joy comedy show, The Circus of Joy, A Circus of Joy, or just Circus of Joy, which will take place next Sunday night at the Hollywood Improv at 7 p.m. Yeah, that is, uh, let's see, the 27th. Um, Be sure to hit that up. It's a funny show if you're in the L.A. area and you're looking for an early Sunday night, kind of a nice, you know, it's not football season, so it's kind of safe. Um, the final four will have been decided by that point? No, 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 no. This The grade eight? Wait. Yeah, the final four will have been decided. And then they play the ensuing Saturday. And then, so it'll be a, is the, the national championship will be two weeks from tomorrow. The basketball national championship. I have no predictions because I have no clue. Uh, anyway, the comedy show, just go to the, com- the Circus of Joy, March 27th, 7 p.m., Hollywood Improv, LA Improv, whatever you want to call it. Just go. Don't ask me about links to tickets, guest list, lineup, where to park, what time do you go on. Just go. Have a little excitement and unpredictability in your life and just go into something not knowing what it is, other than it will be an amazing show, guaranteed. Okay. Um, Chadwick, he books an amazing lineup. Him and Brian Train have always booked amazing lineups. Um, don't try to figure it out. Don't don't turn it into playing the stock market. Just go to the... Don't be the guy in the office who gets invited to lunch by a group of fellow employees on their way out the door, and you ask, where are you going? No, yes or no question. We're going to lunch. You want to go? Where are you going? What are you getting? Don't make it a thing, okay? Just go to lunch with the gang. Not where are you going, what are you getting? Just go. Okay. It's going to be an amazing show. My friend Chad books plenty of those uh, at the LA Improv, Hollywood Improv on Melrose. About 15 years ago, he started doing it, and they were extraordinary, and he's back at it. And this one will be amazing. Craig Robinson's done them in the past, Michael Connell, Ian Edwards, uh, and some female comics. And I'll tell you what about the female. I've booked several shows over the years, 22 years in this kind. Female comics do not respond at the rate male comics respond. I'm sorry. It's a, it is a clear cut. That it's so competitive for males that if you don't respond to a gig offer in five to ten minutes, it's gone. It's over. For female comics, you kind of have a day to think about it. Like when I send out an invite to a female comic um, to do a show, I, I know I may not hear back that day. So um, I, I give her the day, and then the next day check in again. And then start reaching out to others. With male comics, if I don't hear back from within the hour, it's like, all right, they must not be interested or whatever. Um, or they're busy uh, or they're booked or whatever. I don't know. But you, you, it doesn't happen because they get back to you. It's no big deal. Just a numbers game. A lot more males in stand-up comedy than females. All right? Comes with the statistics. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a male that female comics don't respond fast enough to me because because I'm a male. But I doubt it. Right? Um, so males tend to, uh, male comics tend to get back right away. They want the stage time. They know it's not out there for them. Um, which leads to this kind of question and issue. Do male athletics get more money in high school and college and pro, uh, than female athletics because of, because of males generally identify more with athletic success being a part of their makeup, right? Just talking tendencies here. Uh, do a majority of females identify with their relationships over over their career? 
maybe more males put their athletic standing ahead of their relationship from, say, the ages of early teens or 10, let's say 10 years old, to 40. And after 40, maybe males are like, hey, I'm going to worry more about the relationship now or relationships or whatever. Um, the body's maybe winding down from peak performance, but whatever. Um, look, plenty of females put athletic success first, of course, but I'm talking tendencies. I'm talking averages, right? Um, so <clears throat> having said what I just said, is there a male culture around sports that's naturally heavier and more involved than female sports, right? If prom conflicted with a, a state championship game, would a guy, would a male athlete even bat an eye? And would a girl athlete be conflicted? You know, what's image, appearances, <clears throat> what do different people identify with? So I'm just saying that a greater <clears throat> percentage of male hetero culture holds sports and sports success, athletic prowess, as a higher priority than whatever the percentage of women who hold it that high. Okay, plenty of competitive women who are much better athletes than me, my sister being one of them. Um, but if my sister were the mediocre athlete that I am, would she even care about sports like I do now? Right? I'm mediocre. I care about it more than she does. Uh, you know, so, so that's kind of where male sports hysteria comes from, right? Non-athletic, mediocre, athletic, and great athletic males will follow sports all their lives with similar fervor. Okay, a little more selective in female circles. The percentages aren't as high as, uh, as to women who follow you know, sports, stay on top of it, stay involved, quote stats. Plenty of them do, but just not in the numbers that guys do, right? So maybe it's two out of ten who love sports um, with women athletes and stay involved, as opposed to 6.5 out of ten of male athletes or 7 out of ten. Just a thought. Right, just a, a little possibility. Not completely wrong. Might be wrong a little bit, but not completely wrong. And thus, that leads, you know, to where money goes back into high school and college sports for men. They get more because there's bigger followings for whatever reason, right? And maybe we're coming out of that, and it's balancing out. It'll never be completely balanced. Um, look, women move on to bigger and better things in their lives. They've got, you know, they've got uh, windows that are smaller, creating birth, you know. Um, creating birth, having birth, uh, stuff like that. So they're on kind of more of a deadline whereas guys can, you know, impregnate a woman probably in their 70s or 80s, fortunately or unfortunately. You know, are we going to deny that and try to fight that? Like, okay. Um, you know, women move on to better, bigger things. Men are still debating Joe Montana versus John Elway or Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, you know. So uh, we just really need to be okay with our differences, right? And honor what's beautiful about men and women and whatever is in between or around those two identifications, right? I know gender fluidity is trying to get its proper attention, rightly so, but let's not forget about what's beautiful about each sex, men, women, and you know, alternate versions of those, right? Staying in shape regardless is cool, is hot, makes sense, makes you attractive, is better for your life while you're on the planet, your health, right? Leads to better self-esteem and self-love and all that, regardless, all right? Don't just let yourself go and then be like, yeah, I'm free. No, I identify, okay? Don't just grow your hair out of your armpits in protest of something or let yourself, you know, 
go just to get back at society. Yeah, I'm getting back, you guys. Well, you're going to, society's not going to care and you're not going to affect it and you're going to be unhealthy. All right? Be the hottest transgender person you can. Be the hottest guy you can, the hottest girl, you, whatever, right? Take advantage of sexual fluidity. I mean, isn't that one of the benefits I would think of, of having a trans lifestyle is, is being open to different orientations? I don't know. I don't know. In a week, I'll be like, wow, it's way off. Or in five minutes. Um, you can be whatever and still think Casablanca is a sophisticated movie with good-looking people. Or Gwen Stefani is hot. Or Lady Gaga or David Bowie in all his androgynous attire. You know. So, uh, anyway. Uh, this is all from the perspective of white male heterosexual cisgender male middle-aged who went to private schools in South Orange County. But I'm pretty open, right? Says everybody. I'm pretty open. Um, just some thoughts, some blabbering, really. But thanks for uh, listening. Okay. Um, point is, next Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m., Hollywood Improv. You got a great show, great lineup, balanced lineup, diverse, all that stuff. Uh, most importantly, hilarious. Okay. Diversity, great, but it's hilarious. It's a comedy show, right? It's excellence. Um, so go check it out. Chad, Chad Clough's running that one. It's called Circus of Joy. A uh, quick plug for my buddy, uh, Robert Burrill, a uh, comedian in Minnesota, Minneapolis, has a new album out, stand-up comedy album called Not The Time, uh, available on all platforms. Not The Time by Robert Burrill, B-A-R-I-L, out of Minneapolis, one of my favorite cities, by the way. Is it 612? Uh, look, Robert's a good-looking guy. We, we, did some, uh, we shot some sketches together about five years ago. I can't believe that's been five years, half a decade uh burrell lester was that the name of the anyway time flies good news is you're the pilot baby yeah um all right so i'm walking back from the gym yesterday to my apartamento here in south orange county and i get a call from cell phone rings i see it's bobby miyamoto i'm like ooh, because normally the first you know you don't hear from people by phone anymore it's a text right email but usually a text uh, who calls someone right away on an issue? Um, he's an old friend. Bobby's an old friend from way back, fellow comic. Uh, open mics, 2000, man. All the way back to 2000, 2001. He uh, works with David Spade. He, they're buddies um, from years ago. They write on all his, she writes on all David's shows. He travels with them, does comedy with them. Um, and Bobby's like, hey, can you be in San Diego tonight at 7 p.m.? Why are all these shows starting at 7 to work with uh, Spade, David Spade, and him, Bobby. And I'm like, absolutely. Uh, I did have to cancel a gig in L.A., which I hate doing, but it was a restaurant bar gig, and my buddy Bill, who booked it, is buddy Bill who booked it, is like, no worries, I get it, go for it, see you next time, right? Great guy, great friend, great comic. Uh, so Bobby knew I lived down here in Orange County. He thought of me last minute as he was driving down. It takes from L.A. to Orange County with traffic. It's four hours, man. I think it took Spade and Bobby. They drove separately, I think. It took them each four hours. It took me two hours. Without traffic, it's probably two and a half. Um, all the people in Orange County who do comedy now. And this is funny. So they call me to do this gig, right? And I got to say, all the people in Orange County who do comedy now, it's like when I started in 2000, there were probably 20 people you know, that did it, that I knew of. And I don't know, maybe three were working. I, I don't know. But it's the same percentage as to who is employable in 2022. Okay. Back in 2000, there were about five 
who are employable. 22 years later, there's maybe 10 comics in Orange County who are employable. Like, you can have open for you or work and get paid to perform around the country or around the world. They're not just doing, you know, scenes, uh, shows in front of uh, the scene or in front of their friends. Um, so there's just so many people that are doing it that are awful. It's just never going to change the percentages. Anyway, what a nice thing to say. Um, okay, so I get the offer for Spade. I take it immediately. I'm like, yeah, I'm down there. So I'm walking home. It's like three or four. I'm like, all right, I get a shower, get down there. Now, to me, David Spade is undeniably funny, right? Um, he started out in stand-up. He's still a stand-up, but but he started as a pure, pure stand-up. And by the way, Chris Rock, I think, once said, I think Josh told me this. He's like, if Spade took stand-up, completely serious and just focused on stand-up we'd all be in trouble like which (laughs) we'd all be in trouble we'd all be benefiting but i think his point is he'd be the greatest ever because he was just smart funny quick um you know who's to say that right but that's that's chris rock's words i mean one of the best one of the top i'd say five three me you know if you want to if you want to put a category and number to it uh but Spade, Spade started as a comic and then was got into TV and film, you know, through SNL. Um, and, uh, and then kind of as a talk show guest, shows, podcasts, which is the benchmark now, right? Podcasts and interviews. The percentage of people watching scripted content now is just not what it was, right? At least the educated elite, they're on to other things. Yes, there's a couple shows. But, you know, and there's hype around those shows for a few months or a full year, and then people are like, yeah, I'm good, right? Um, I think people want escape, so they're just like, oh, they cling to something, even though it's not the best thing, but it's the newest, right? And Spade has been in the spotlight so long, and he just has the perfect disposition about his level of fame. He enjoys it. Um, He's good with it. He can handle it. You know, he got in during the old regime where if you were on a show, everyone knew it, right? But once we got into 2000, you could be on a show and nobody would know it. Okay. Ted Danson was on Becker for, a sh- for after Cheers. I don't, I don't even know when Becker ran. I'm assuming mid to late 90s to early 2000s. Uh, I, I think it ran for like seven, eight seasons. I haven't seen one second of the show Becker. I think he was a doctor in it. I think it was on CBS. Uh, and it was on eight seasons. Like somebody watched it and it made money. Uh, I've never seen an episode of, I did, I have seen a little of How I Met Your Mother. Um, I kind of like some of that, right? I've never seen King of Queens. I've never seen Everybody Loves Raymond. I think, are these all CBS shows I'm listing? So uh, anyway, these shows did very well. People had careers, residual checks, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, Spade got in so everybody kind of knows who he is, right? Your parents, your grandparents might know him. And even the younger generation, the kids, the high school kids might know him. He's from Arizona. Spade gets on SNL, late 80s, with a great crew. Chris Rock, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider. They all share an office, have a blast. Can you imagine being in there? Oh, my God, the insanity. Uh, and not to mention the legends who were already on that show at the time. Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon. Like, that's just incredible. So he's on SNL. Um, makes a few movies through that process, has his run there, as, as everyone does. Uh, sometimes it's better to not have a long run there because people are on there for 10 years sometimes and you still kind of don't know who they are. They can't get out of a contract or whatever, you know. Not a bad situation either way. But Spade always stayed relevant. Uh, he did stand up all through that, right? 
He did stand-up after SNL. I think he had an HBO special in there where he had the joke about Joan Benet Ramsey not being as hot without the makeup. Uh, she's not, guys. She's just not as hot without the makeup. Fantastic joke. So he does stand up through all this. Uh, he was on the show Just Shoot Me in the late 90s, I think, uh, or early 2000s. Was on Eight Simple Rules, was on Rules of Engagement, all kinds of shows with rules, the word rules in it. All the while, he's doing stand-up. He's a great talk show guest, which is a weird talent, but a necessary thing. Whether it's Ellen or Stern or Colin Cowherd, I've heard him and seen him on all these. And, he, and Oprah, I'm sure he's on Oprah. He's so smooth with everybody, and he's fun, and he's playful, and he's disarming and he's not threatening you don't feel you know i'd say he and charles barkley and probably howard stern are the best guests talk show guests i've ever seen stern on letterman used to be so good weirdly jay leno i thought was a great guest because he could be himself he wasn't trying to push the show or he he wasn't needing the audience because he was a guest he could relax george carlin was a great guest um on shows i remember him on larry king i remember bill maher on larry king a very good as well blew me away uh you know it's just oftentimes it's people who've been in the driver's seat and are exhausted or whatever and then get to be a guest on a show and then they can really have fun right they know how hard it is so they can really play back and forth well with the uh, host they know the energy necessary the content required and they bring it and they look good and they make the host look good and when you make the host look good you're getting invited back. Um, so all the while, you know, Spade had a couple shows on Comedy Central here and there, right? Uh, what was it? Uh, Hollywood Minute, which I think was a sketch on SNL that they turned into a show um, on Comedy Central. And then Lights Out most recently, which I think ran two seasons uh, into the pandemic and through the pandemic and for some reason canceled it because I thought it was great. I thought that connected comedy. That connected every comedian that's out there could come through there and it was great you know new hot up-and-comers youtube stars the legends uh great comics that you only knew if you were a road comic he he really did a good job of bringing that all together um and there's so few things like that in the states so to me spade really can hold america together he's got the grit of a chris rock comic but he's also you know he's commenting on kardashian stuff and you know he's in with the hollywood scene even though he makes fun of it and himself um two other factors i think that kept spade relevant he just looked young he's always looked younger you know i mean i think he's 50 and beyond now but he still portrays younger uh secondly he always makes fun of himself uh he makes fun of himself and his efforts to stay young to stay relevant to appear young to keep up on social media um, so what that does is he can continue to do it all, right? Make the videos, be on social media, make fun of social media, make fun of uh, current events, you know, pop culture. And when it works, he benefits, he looks funny. But when it doesn't work, he can just turn around on himself and make fun of that, make fun of himself trying to stay young and relevant. It's a win-win for the guy. He's brilliant. Um, and I just, I just like his comedy. I always have. It's refreshing. It's middle of the road. You know, he's not heavy-handed or playing favorites preaching to one side or the other it's honest um it's perfectly sleazeballish you know um it's non-threatening you know if it's a creepy looking dude saying some of that stuff eh, maybe he doesn't get away with it but he just he knows what he is uh men like him women like it you know he's a hetero guy and no stranger to the ladies but also he has that effeminate side that women and young girls giggle at right he connects people um, so I'd met David over the years, uh, 
and worked with him a couple times over the years with Swartzen and that kind of crew. Um, we went to his house for a barbecue once. There's only like six of us in Malibu. Just amazing view. His dad was in town from Arizona. I think that's where his dad resides. His dad's name is Sammy, but David calls him Scrammy because he ran out on them when they were kids. How funny is that? He calls him Scrammy. This is my dad Scrammy. And he's just like a shaved head, uh, very suntan. He's been playing a lot of golf in Arizona or something. Uh, let's see. But uh, anyway, Swartzen was there, Farley's two brothers, uh, David Spade's girlfriend at the time. Might have been Heather Locklear, I'm not sure. His place is right on the water, right on the ocean there in Malibu. And uh, the paparazzi are allowed to come up to shore from sea about 100. They have to stay about 100 yards out. So they get some good pictures. And they, they got pictures of David and Heather Locklear. And they put them in National Enquirer or People magazine or something. And he said he was so embarrassed because there was a pic of them on his back deck in their bathing suits in people magazine and she looked amazing and he looked like a disgusting slob he just had like a hat on and sunglasses no shirt and his belly with the bathing suit he was not happy with his appearance in that i'm sure he was fine right i don't think he lives in malibu anymore anyway um i think he was doing a meet and greet benefit that night which is a dream man that's the way to do it these celebrities meet and greets are a layup right when you have to perform that's tough right meet and greets are perfect for especially or i i would love that like i prefer that to stand-up show some comics only know one speed they know one gear they're like i'm doing the stand-up and then i'm out perform get off stage go home david's more social maybe doesn't want the rejection of stand-up because it's it's so joke to joke there's no way you're going to get everybody laughing at the same joke and you've got whatever 20 jokes or 100 jokes so it's just all over the place so it's easier just do a meet and greet right um even like unless you're like the anti-establishment comic where people kind of your crowd automatically likes you because you're going against the grain so they're like even if it's not funny i'm with you on all this so you get maybe more of an agreeable thing um or if you're really clean and christian then people are like oh okay you know they just they go along with it because they're like yeah he's clean it doesn't matter if there was comedy or humor or a mind orgasm or anything so anyway um Spade's more social, so I think he's great for those meet and greets, which is a great idea for celebrities. That's my cup of tea, man. A much smoother way to get the celeb guest, right, than doing a show. If you have a, a celebrity guest or a speaker or a comic doing a show, keep it to 10 minutes, man. Don't do that to people. Maybe 20 minutes max, like a Zoom show. You never want to go more than 20 minutes. All right, so I'd met uh, Spade a few times. Over the years, right? His house, we've gone to Spanish Kitchen at La Cienega, Swartzen. Uh, we did the Coronet, the theater on La Cienega, the great Largo show there. We also did it when it was over off of, uh, is that Fairfax? Um, we did it with Derek Hughes, Adam Sandler. It was just amazing, right? And David Spade was always at the Adam Sandler holiday parties that we'd get invited to. I went with Swartz into a couple of those. And Spade is so funny. Like, you walk into Swartzen to the, to the Sandler parties and... Spade's like, oh boy, here comes Swartz and plus 10, you know, because um, Nick always has a fun, an entourage. Um, <coughs> so, but anyway, last night, Sunday, Saturday night, show went great. The, uh, this was the first time I could get kind of exclusive time with him. The show is amazing. Packed house, Balboa Theater, downtown San Diego, so fun. And I went up first, Bobby, and then David Spade. And theaters are so nuts. When you're in a like when you're a medium level talent or name or whatever, no name, you're lucky to get big crowds at comedy clubs. Then it's packed crowds at comedy clubs. Then 
its theaters. Um, so a packed theater is just next level. It's nuts. And I won't even talk about arenas. I've never done one, but like Franchola, you know, he opens for uh, Chelsea Handler, and he's gotten to do them. Louis C.K. was talking about him a few weeks ago doing uh, MSG. You know, those arenas where people have the supersized, you know, 7-Eleven sized Coke and they're watching you on the big jumbotron. They're not even watching you, the human. And there's a huge disconnect there. Anyway, um, so pack theater last night, and we do the show. And with with a with a theater in acoustics, you have to wait for the audience to uh, to uh, absorb the entire joke or the story into their ears. Because after you speak, you don't hear love right back immediately. Uh, and you can wonder what the hell is like WTF, right? But if you give them a second, then the laughter comes and it's tenfold. You let it get to the back of the theater and then come and it's a wave and it feels amazing, man. And the sound is so good that you have control. Somebody could try to heckle you, you'd destroy him. You'd be like, what? I can't hear you. This is, sorry, man, I'm going to keep going on the show. Like you can destroy. Club where it's smaller and more intimate, it's, it's tougher to deal with heckler, I find. So we do 7 p.m. show. It's over at 8.30, hour and a half, 90-minute show. He and I and Bobby Miyamoto, who's half Japanese but speaks no Japanese, uh, we're in the green room just decompressing. And comics, man, good or bad, no matter what level you are, talking about the smallest details of stand-up, you know, is so... It's like a... You, just, like, you talk about a cordless mic versus a regular mic. You know, you talk about intro music. You talk about the difference of... A uh, musician and a comedian, and, and love afterwards um, coming off, adulation from a crowd, or you know where to put what bits, you know in your set. You know we're talking semantics, and it's interesting to all of us. So um, that's always fun, and it's always funny that no matter how big a true comic gets, they're still interested in, in those conversations. You know, a Rogan, a Louis C.K., Chris Rock, Chappelle, these guys, Miss Pat, who's really you got to go see Miss Pat. <coughs> Uh, you got to see her live, too. I, I don't know if this stuff online translates, you know. So a couple of uh, Spade's managers were there. Where are we on time? Jesus. Sleepy show. Uh, how are you doing? A couple of Spade's. Okay, we're at 26 minutes. A couple of Spade's managers were there. I don't know how managers work. It's, I always thought you had one, but people are like, oh, no, my managers, plural, are here. My three or four. I'm just like, but he had two that are great guys, and they were with their ladies. Got to meet them. Very cool. And they take off. They're there for about 30. We're in the green room hanging out. And after about an hour, Spade says he's getting his car to come around and grab him. And I say thank you, you know. And he and Bobby get in a nice Escalade and get hauled off to their hotel. I think he was uh, off to Arizona early this morning or something. Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe East San Diego or maybe, maybe a casino. And then Bobby, I think, was headed back to L.A. this morning. But, um, you know... They get in that car. I say, thank you. Cool. Great working with you guys. Uh, we'll do it again, right? And just like that, I'm on the sidewalk, right? A regular schmo. The theater has closed the doors behind us. The crowd has dispersed, and I'm walking to my car. And it's a very anticlimactic feeling, right? You've just performed for hundreds of people. I don't know, maybe thousands. I don't know how big that arena was. Um, packed house, and it went great. And then, you know, it's over. Um so that's a weird feeling being that regular schmo now if the three of us go to a restaurant or a bar nearby right after the show then the adulation continues well it continues for spade because he's a celebrity no matter what but when you um 
when you let the city and the surrounding area and the theater, when you let it simmer for a while, you let the hysteria, you let the fire run out, um, you know, it's over. <laughs> it's over, kind of. Uh, but that, that's not what it's about, right? Um, it's something you kind of get addicted to, or, or used to, I should say. You have to get used to is doing something amazing and then having nobody to share it with. Whether it's a, a, a TV appearance, big show, you're kind of left alone with your thoughts, which is where most of us are anyway, so what's the difference? Um, but, you know, uh, and it varies, right, going, going with him different nights. You, can't, you just can't go out every night. Going out with Swartz and Henry Phillips, Steve Byrne, the party would continue sometimes, but a lot of nights, especially as you get older, it's like, uh, we're going to be economical with this. We're going to maybe do this once every two weeks or something. Uh, spade as well, right? So you really have to do this all for yourself and not base your identity on the show, on how you did, on adulation from the crowd, because you're putting your happiness into the hands of others. You know, love yourself, and then anything good that happens is gravy on top of that. Um, I've had some down times after great shows or a week long run of great shows, and you come back, and you're like, what the hell is the matter with me? Why am I down? Because um, I was putting my happiness into the hands of others. Um, so last night, it's a little, you know, you're a little down, you're by yourself. Um, but you know, I knew the drill. I knew exactly. So it's like I could walk away knowing full well what it was, stop for a beer at some bar near my car. Uh, just wanted to take the edge off. Some dude bought me a drink weirdly. Um, didn't have to put out or anything. And, uh, and I left downtown before it got too late. Right. I was, I don't know what bar it was. Some meat market bar, someone named seven bars it's probably one of those um and then spade dm'd me this morning saying uh hey we'll do more gigs together so that's great right and you watched some of my show last night i passed we're good fun time all around very very cool cat very funny on and off stage on and off stage and social and like accessible and stuff just runs off him whether it happens again or not, whether we work together again, I don't, I don't know. We'll run into each other at some point, and he'll be hilarious, I'm sure. Just a great guy. So it was a huge thrill. End of story, right? Um, just having exposure to someone like that, that level that's in your psyche from a long time ago, and he's still doing it, right? Having them see your work. and It's a great, uh, what, endorsement? It's a great affirmation. So hopefully more shows coming up all around. All right. Um, so thank you, Bobby Miyamoto, for that. That was amazing. Thank you to David Spade. Hope to work with you guys more. I can't believe we're finishing right at 30. That's weird. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully more shows coming up where I can get out there um, and do live. I don't think I've got anything slated for the rest of March, maybe even April. Um, cruise ships this summer. Let's see. Yeah, this is episode 92, I think. Wow. A little hiatus last couple of weeks. Uh, so please subscribe. Keen on Things Podcast so you know when they come out and can avoid them you know, where to stay away from, you know, and give a follow to Keen of Comedy on all platforms. We shall see you next week, guys. Thank you. I love you.